Hello and welcome to the third episode of the official Clutch Baseball Podcast. I am Matt, Clutch Discord moderator and manager of the San Diego Armada. With me is Sean, one of the Clutch devs and manager of the Bethlehem Bombers. Glad to be back, Matt. It's been a tough week of baseball for me. I had to watch the Yankees fail to score again in the postseason and drop Game 5 by one run, and my softball team lost Game 5 and 6 in our championship to end our season. Yeah, the uh, Padres didn't so do so hot in the playoffs either, so uh, feel your pain on that one. But we have had a lot of exciting clutch action recently, although that also didn't bring us much joy as both of us did not do very well either. Uh, the Tri-P tournament finished up a few days ago, and uh, we did not win. Congratulations to the grand champion of the world, Umpire Steve, and uh, his team, which is aptly named the Strike Zone. And uh, also a uh, big shout out to the runner up, Robert, with his team, the Mashpee 46ers. Yeah, there was a lot of solid teams in this tournament. Um, I mean, it showed a lot of creativity from a lot of people. I thought a lot of the games were hard, hard fought with strategy cards. I felt like every game I was in, the other person was grinding, if not as hard as me, even harder, it seemed like. And what really stood out to me, it seemed like it was really heavy on the draw meta from what I saw from teams. Yeah, I agree. I definitely partook in the heavy draw meta. We actually played each other twice. You beat me the first time, and uh, I beat you the second time in uh, bracket play. The one rule, uh, well, there's a couple rules that were different in this tournament. The first was uh, you could use one legacy card from before this year. Um, so basically any generations or career your card printed. So I actually went with Greg Maddox his uh, 2018 Gens card. And I know, uh, I believe, Strike Zone, uh, Umpire Steve, he used uh, Walter Johnson. So that was a fun twist in roster building, gave everybody a little something to go back in their clutch vault and pull out a guy they uh, haven't used, hadn't used as much as they would like. The other special rule, which I'm curious to hear what you think of, we changed it to where instead of there being starting pitching and relief pitching and you had to use your starting pitchers, we just said everybody's a pitcher. You need 13 pitchers on your team. You can pitch them however you like following standard tiredness rules. Yeah, so honestly, for this tournament, it was obviously done to definitely see what kind of roster change would come with the builds. But this isn't something that's been new. It's, we've been talking about this at least for, you know, at least dating back a year or two, um, talking about going forward with pitchers, just the way teams are using them now. Like, obviously, we've used the stadium with Tampa and the pitching coach this year that you could, you know, start a reliever. But you know, we're talking going forward. Is this going to be a permanent change that we're ever going to see? So this was definitely a good place to test the waters. Yeah, this year, especially with the shortened weird year, you saw a lot uh, of bullpen games, as they're called. Luckily, we probably won't see this implemented in the near future because uh, starting pitchers are still a thing. And most of the time you're still getting four or five or six innings out of your starting pitcher, which is good because I hate it both in real life and in clutch. It just the whole every it feels like we haven't graduated to multi inning pitching yet. It's, you know, you have six guys who pitch like one and a third inning and it just gets tedious to watch. I'm not a big fan of it. No, I definitely understand. I mean, obviously it takes offense out of the game, which is probably the biggest complaint I would assume for most people. And, um, you know, obviously that just drags on with the constant pitching changes. But 
I mean, it's not something like I've always thought about this, you know, even since high school been playing, like why pitchers aren't used shorter times like they do. So it really doesn't surprise me, especially when you just look at stats, like obviously closers are the guys putting up sub two ERAs. It's never starters. So why wouldn't you just build an entire team of them? I mean, I know we used to do it in video games when we were, you know, teenagers. So it's no surprise and it's no surprise that teams are already starting to go that way in clutch just because of the pattern and, you know, just what kind of cards we're coming out with. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, analytics and even a starting pitcher, their numbers between going through the lineup the first time and the second time, even that's a big jump. But then the big thing now is you basically don't want your starters to go through the lineup a third time in real life. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that progresses. Interestingly, um, the two teams that ended up in the finals had a pretty standard lineup or sorry, roster format where they had your standard starting pitchers and relief pitchers. So that was interesting that it wasn't like it was an inherent advantage to stack your team with all relief pitchers. Honestly, that gives me a lot of comfort right now with the game and being balanced. And I mean, I'm glad it's not just completely shifting over to all, you know, relievers coming in right away. Um, So that's definitely good for the game, but I'm very curious to see the way like MLB and baseball goes this year after going back from seven innings to nine innings to see like, it, maybe it's just a way team strategy goes. I mean, maybe you can just build a rotation or maybe your strategy is just building relievers. I mean, maybe maybe hopefully there's no, you know, super advantage to either one. So the game, you know, remains interesting. So it's interesting to see where they go next year. Yeah. And it's also nice knowing, too, that there's such in real life in Major League Baseball, there's such a diversity of teams to where there's going to be like the Astros will probably stick with their rotation because they got Verlander and in, uh, in all these aces. But then there's other teams like you could see like the Tampa Bay Rays just going, you know what? We're going to have all, all of our pitchers are going to pitch two innings and we're going to throw them out whenever. So I guess that'll make it at least a little interesting still where not everybody's doing the same thing. If you guys are on the Clutch Discord and if you aren't, you should join. Uh, the link is on clutchbaseball.com. On the Discord, there's all sorts of spoilers and announcements uh, happening all the time. Recently, we just announced the last two sets for this year. Um, so X7 and X8 have actually, they were just sent to the printer uh, today, several hours ago. Get your wallets ready for that. That's coming soon. There are a ton of fun of cards in it. I don't want to list them all, but uh, one of the interesting things Nick did was he took a bunch of the free agents and made them as cards. So there's a bunch of quote unquote free agent cards. So to add a little bit of intrigue to the set uh there's a bunch of interesting players as free agents as well however the most exciting thing for me is this feels like it's the most complete player pool clutch has ever seen in its four years between these last two sets i feel like people will really be able to go super deep into roster building yeah it is going to be wild and i just love that this set's going to be around for next year right now because like it it needs to be this is so diverse and the reason it's going to be the most exciting for team building is there's just so many unique, like affordable players, just like they can be utilized in so many different ways. Like, like we were talking about multi-inning pitchers, you know, they're getting so diverse that um, I like, I'm going to, I don't know how the pitching is going to go into the next polar power season. I'm going to be very curious if people are still going to try to build their own relievers, even though we're not going to, you know, go with that rule still. Like my personal favorite so far is the starting pitcher, uh, Framber Valdez who's a lefty uh, with a righty command. Um, he has a four command with a lefty plus one and a one X zone. He only has 16 outs and only four IP, but he's only 230 salary. 
So like, I think you're going to just see a lot more of those like affordable guys, like not giving up high X zones, you know, maybe like giving up an out or two and like less IP, but you're just going to be able to build around cheaper amount of them, you know, and, you know, use your points, probably stacking in like a heavy closer and then using in your lineup. Yeah, there's definitely several of those weird starting pitchers in these two sets where they're like four innings, uh, like Julio uh, Uresis, uh from the Dodgers. He's another oh, yep. four inning. I another... him too. Yep, he was the yeah, other one. Another four inning guy. He's even crazier. He's a five command R plus one, uh, one X zone, uh, one to 19 outs, uh, t- walks at 20. Yeah, and he's also a lefty. So that sh- will probably be a really popular card as well. But on the flip side of things, I mentioned there's going to be free agent cards. There are also going to be a ton of traded cards. So any players that were either traded or were released and signed by someone else, there's a ton of those cards. For example, talking about San Diego, there's going to be a San Diego Mike Clevenger card. And his traded card is slightly different than his his card he got at the beginning of the year in Cleveland. So that'll even further expand um, your options. If you're looking at a guy, there might be a second uh, version of him that uh, might fit your team a little better. Like I said, if you want more sneak peeks, uh, Nick threw a bunch of pictures cards up on the Discord. Uh, if you go to Nick Spoiler's channel, there's a ton on there. There's even uh, some of the new strategy cards that are coming out as well. So a lot of them are shown there. So again, definitely join the Discord. Along with those two sets, we also have one more thing coming out. Sean, I know you're super excited about this, so I will let you take this away and tell everybody what is may, might be the most exciting part. Oh, man, Matt, we have finally did it. We have finally built it. The Iowa set, the ultimate set that I've honestly been waiting for Clutch to be ready for. Like uh, all these years building up, I feel like the formulas are really sound now. The strategy cards are really balanced, and I feel like it's finally time to release some of the biggest names in baseball history. So we are coming out with Babe Ruth, Cy Young, and Ty Cobb all in the same set. In addition, with Generations players with Lou Brock, you know, obviously one of the fastest men to ever play baseball, basically with Ricky Henderson. And then you have Tom Seaver, one of the best right-handed pitchers of all time. And we're even going to throw the Iowa Stadium on, which is going to play tricks on you with the cornfield and the outfield, you know, changing some of the results and making it a little wonky. Yes, indeed. Um, Everybody's wanted Babe Ruth since the start of Clutch. And it's a spectacular card. I am more partial to Cy Young. A, because I went very pitching heavy on my uh, the, in the tournament on my team, and he is an insane pitching card. He is 975 salary, 6 command, R plus 2. He can pitch 9 innings, 1x, 17 outs, has the, a win and K icon. And I, I spent several hours going through box scores from 1901 so we could uh, get the card as accurate as we can with the knowledge we have today. Yeah, I mean, Cy Young, I mean, obviously you want to go with one of the biggest guys like that, but you know I'm going to be rostering Babe Ruth, Yankee fan. To me, he's going to be the new Mickey Mantle for me, except even cheaper, you know, not being over 800 uh, points, you know, going to be 700 points. I'll take that 14 on base and the righty plus one. And But the real question is is really who I'm going to protect him in the, what, the lineup with, and I have no idea who that is at this point, just because this the new set is just... It's just, it's just so many things to go through and so many different strategies right now. It's it's honestly going to take me weeks to think about it. Yeah, so like you said, uh, on base 14, R plus 1, 740 salary. He can play left field or right field, two defense. His outs is, I think, what really makes him stand out. He strikes out on one, grounds out at two, 
and then walks from three to nine. And then, of course, he homers at 19. From what I've heard on the Discord, he will be rostered on multiple teams. Speaking of who you should uh, roster to back Babe Ruth up in your lineup, we have our reoccurring segments this week for the position breakdown. We are going to talk about first base. Last episode, we talked about catcher, had lots of interesting conversations on there. And that actually spawned a lot of conversation on the Discord as well about the catcher position. Also in tandem with the fact there is a ton of catchers coming out in the the last two sets that make what we talked about last week even more relevant. Uh, But this week we're going to talk about first base. We're going to do each of us. We're going to list who we think the best first baseman is, the first baseman we would roster on our team, and who we think is the most underrated first base. Sean, who do you have as your best first base? So taking like the cop out, I'm going to go with Cody Bellinger. If you're talking about someone that can play first base, obviously I think he would be the number one, but like, I don't see him as a true first baseman. So to me, it really is Freddie Freeman. um, Who's more of an affordable one for 420 salary. Um, I like him because he's got the 11 on base, but with the righty plus two, so making it worth it. The 19 plus home run. He's got two icons. So that's perfect. RBI, you know, the silver slugger. And um, the plus three clutch is huge. Honestly, I'm reflecting back on my team. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking I'm, maybe I should have rostered him over the guy I chose. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Cody Billinger is the obvious choice. Um, however, he also can play center field and right field, center field and right field at plus four defense. So he almost feels like a kind of a waste at first base. Exactly. He's more of an outfielder. Yeah, definitely. But I agree. I think he's the best. I kind of cheated a little bit i cheated the opposite way and i would kind of i went with joey gallo and again not he's even less of a first baseman than cody bellinger is because you get zero defense at first and you can play him at uh, third left center or right but a lot of times people talk about speed and there's not a ton a ton of speed at the first base position um and at 17 speed you know he's right up there with the elite first baseman 12 on base and he doubles at 16 and homers at 18. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just I went with him. Obviously, those guys, both of those guys we mentioned uh, would probably fit on most teams. But who what is a first baseman that you would roster? So for me, it really came down to my team strategy this year, and that was building my team around clutch. So I, I Pete Alonzo on my roster because for only 340 uh, points, he's got the 11 and righty plus one, uh, the 18 plus home run, which was kind of a pattern with my team with the heavy clutch, um, the two icons with the home run and RBI. And he did have plus two clutch. The only reason I'm looking back right now and thinking maybe Freddie Freeman would have been nice with that plus three clutch. But honestly, I, I probably needed to save that 100 points anyway in the salary. Yeah, they both have the same outs. They both have six outs, which is not bad at all. So yeah, that's an interesting uh, debate between the two. I, uh, I, I, I scrolled all the way to the bottom of the uh, document here, and then I scrolled a little more. And um, uh, this, I chose Ronald Guzman. He uh, was a stud on my tournament team. He is uh, 95 points, uh, eight on base, R plus three, six outs, doubles at 16, homers at 20. And he has positive clutch and he has two defense at first. The six outs for that low of a salary is an insane bargain. And I didn't platoon him. I just started him every single game regardless, which was a mistake and an oversight on my part. However, with the new 
uh, sets coming out, there are several interesting platoon partners you could put with him. And uh, one is uh, Pat Vialka. He's uh, in uh, the uh, X7 set. He is an eight on base L plus three. So you got, you can, you know, switch whoever, uh, whatever handedness the pitcher is, you can switch them. And that's the cheap option. Pat is only 50 points or um, one of the more talked about platoons is uh, at 115 points in uh, set eight. Albert Pujols is a 10 on base with two clutch and he homers at 19. So those are two. Uh, so that's why I like Ronald Guzman gives you a lot of options. I mean, heck, you could even get really crazy and platoon someone at catcher and move your catcher over to first, um, do all sorts of crazy things with him. So I rostered him before. I would roster him again. I think he's a great deal for under 100 points. Honestly, anything under like eight outs for a person under 100, I feel like is actually uh, pretty good. Yeah, honestly, that's pretty incredible. But don't don't call it a comeback with Pujols. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Yep. So so would Angels fans, actually. Last up for first baseman position breakdown, we are talking about underrated first baseman. Underrated, more like overrated to me now is Eric Hosmer, man. He was an absolute killer against the Bethlehem Bombers this year, and he killed my righty heavy team with power die strategy cards. Yeah. 130 salary on base of 11 uh, homers at 20. He's a pretty unremarkable chart. But as you said, with a power die, it becomes a little more interesting. Yeah, honestly, that was the one thing. I only had two lefties coming out of my bullpen, and I, th- I think I'm going to need to adjust that and really balance it next year because um, he just took advantage of me. Um, it was I, it was just few of my guys out of the pen. They were tired. I didn't have them, so I was really just stuck with the righty guys, and I was just getting killed that game with the cards. Yeah, he's the cheapest uh, 11 on base first baseman, so it's not a bad, uh, not a bad shot. I, my, first, my underrated first baseman is... 25 points more than Eric Hosmer. So he's 155 points and he is uh, Justin smoke. He is also uh, 11 on base. He's actually a switch hitter. However, my selling point for him is he has three clutch and he has eight outs, which isn't great, but uh, he homers at 20. Nope. Sorry. He homers at 19. Didn't scroll all the way over. He homers at 19. So I, I really like him. He funny enough. I say he's very underrated He's managed to like just slide out of both of my last two teams where I had him in and then after a bunch of shuffling, he kind of fell out of the wayside. So um, so yeah, both both good options though. Um, also with your pick, Eric Hosmer, uh, really good in uh, San Diego Stadium. He uh, the plus one to the swing on his chart makes his chart a lot better as well. Honestly, you have me sold on smoke. I mean, I, I honestly was thinking about just playing and going crazy and doing some kind of crazy switch hitting lineup next to uh, next season. So uh, maybe maybe I might look to play around with him. His biggest downside is he only has one speed, um, so that could be a major turnoff for a lot of people. And he has zero defense at first. So again, I think I'm cheating, and he's probably a DH. But I, I would have no issue playing him at first if you have enough, you know, defense from your other positions. I think he, you know, that's perfectly fine to use a zero defensive defense person at first. All right, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed. We had some uh, spoilers in there. Talked about first base. Talked about a tournament. Polar Power League is coming soon, so uh, keep your eyes peeled on social media. 
Again, best place, join us on the Clutch Discord, clutchbaseball.com. You can click on the link and join our Discord community. We're on all hours of the night and uh, talking all sorts of things, all sorts of hot takes, strategy card plays as well. Sean, where can everybody find us on social media? Find us at Clutch Cards on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then obviously Discord for the entire community. Yep. Like I said, uh, there'll be announcements soon going out uh, when the next sets are ready to be purchased. The Iowa set will be holographic, and there will be LEs, so there'll be an LE20 card. So if you like collecting cards, um, that is coming out as well. All right, Sean, thank you for joining me. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad to be back, man. I already miss baseball, and I miss Clutch. I need it back now. As do I. Until next time, everybody, may the dice spot ever be in your favor.